everybody. This is Kimberly. And this is Katie. And you're listening to A Date with Dateline. This episode is called Siren Song. You're a siren song. I'm just trying to make it sound like I was underwater. Beep, beep. This sounds like beep, beep, beep. That sounds like you're underwater. The beginning. Also, I'm sorry. Siren Song is a Pearl Jam song? Don't know. Don't know Pearl Jam. Okay. Feel like it might be. Hit me up, Pearl Jam fans. This episode aired on March 11th, 2022. It is season 30, episode 17, hosted by Andrea. Another Andrea in a row. It's a twofer. I love it. You love a twofer. I love a twofer. It's actually a thrice. It's a threefer because we had her for our Patreon episode as well. Indeed. And Andrea got to go on vacation, maybe. We're hoping. Yeah, we always ask Mank that because he always goes to these tropical locations. But this time it was Andrea. I was happy she was there. I felt like she could use a break. And I'm wondering if maybe her husband was able to go with her. Maybe she had a babysitter. Maybe they were able to do like a quick getaway. I really doubt it, but fingers crossed. I feel like this was a work trip, but I would love that for her. She deserves a vacation. This takes place in the U.S. Virgin Islands with white sandy beaches, blue water, and murder. And Andrea calls it a wish-you-were-here destination. I could see that. Which I would say, I'm glad you're not here destination because I went on vacation to get away from you. That's what I would send people on postcards. Is that rude? They should make postcards that say that. Glad you're not here. Well, now that I'm thinking about it, wish you were here is a little mean. If the rock person sends a wish you were here postcard, it really is a <laughs> wish you were here. Weren't you? Wish you were me. Wish you got to go on vacation instead of driving carpool this week. <laughs> wow. You know what I'm saying? It really is all in about the tone. No, totally. It's very snarky. Mine is at least outright hostile. Yeah, but it's also funny and people know you and they'd be like, oh, Kimber. <laughs> Thank you. In 2021, so just last year, a beautiful flight attendant from England moved there for love and her dream job and then disappeared weeks later, making international headlines. Her name is Sarm Heslop. Never heard it, but I like it. It's very interesting. Spring break. 2021, the island of St. John is filled with tourists. There's a 47-foot catamaran named Siren Song. What's the group of islands called again? Virgin Islands. The Virgin Islands. Have you been there? No. You had to think about it for a really long time, though. I did because I was trying to think of a virgin joke in my head. <laughs> oh, you? <laughs> oh, I am camped out on Virgin Island. Oh, I feel like they would throw me in the volcano on Virgin Island. <laughs> They'd be like, she needs to go in there. Oh, she's going in. Oh, that's funny. So it, this is the story of a 47-foot catamaran named Siren Song. It is anchored off the shore. And one night in the wee hours of the morning, a distress call comes in to 911 from the boat. And it, the call is from the captain, Ryan Bain, which isn't. You know, I don't know my superhero stuff. You're right there. That's a villain in Superman? Spy Batman? Bingo. Nailed it. 
Good job. But and he talks like this. He what? He has like a strangely, he wears that mask right here. It's Tom Hardy and he wears the mask, but his voice is a little bit hard. <laughs> I hope I'm remembering that right and didn't make that up in my head. But if I did, that should happen in a movie. That's not a scary voice at all. Well, it could be kind of creepy, actually, like the puzzle guy Jigsaw. Does he have a high pitch voice? I don't know. Actually, I should say that. Up. I don't recall the way he talks, but. Sometimes a scary guy can have like a not scary voice and it's even creepier. He's in a metal face thing. Do you know Tom Hardy? Do you know who he is? He's kind of a large gentleman. And I think it might be Oliver's man crush. Mm. He just really likes movies that Tom Hardy is in. It seems to be he very much admires him. Okay. There's an admiration there and I'm here for it. Regardless, I think he's... I think that his sort of claim to fame is that, you know, the Joker sounds like this. And then he sort of had this sing-songy voice that threw you off guard. Yeah, that threw me off guard when you did it. I hope I'm correct. Oh, please let (laughs) me be right. Please. So the captain is Ryan Bain, and he says that his girlfriend's sarm went missing off the boat that they were living on. So officers go to see him, and he says they went on land for the night to have dinner at a place called... 420 to center? Is that a is that a pot restaurant? I think it must be a joke. It's a tourist destination place. So do they cook with cannabis? What am I missing with the to center part? 420 to center. I got nothing. Are we being dumb? I feel like we might be being not smart. Something with geometry and a radius of a circle. I hope it has something to do with geometry, but I highly doubt it. It's all trigonometry, like yellow jackets. I don't know what 420 to center means, but I'm going to think that they cook with weed, which is fine. Or they just, it's a cool place. And so they called it 420 in the title, right? Right. Maybe it's the address on the dock. I don't know. So he says they went back to the boat. He was asleep and his boat alarm went off because that's a thing. The anchor alarm. We've seen this before. We have? Well, I've seen it on Below Deck, but... We have seen it on a Dateline or a other episode from maybe ID, but we have seen an anchor alarm before. Also, that's the only time I'm going to mention Below Deck. I promise. No, it's not. It's my favorite show, and I watch it all the time. I was going to say, why? It's you love Below Deck. This is your time to shine. Why are you stifling yourself? I watched two episodes today and I'm not embarrassed about it. No one here is going to punish you for that. Thank you. The alarm went off saying that the boat had shifted in the water and he woke up. She was gone and he's telling them, I don't know what happened. Maybe she fell off the boat. So they search for her in the dark waters very briefly. They do not search his boat. That's a problem. Why? Yeah. Why? Great question. Maritime law. It's got to be maritime law. You're a crook, Captain Hook. Judge, won't you throw the book? Judge, won't you throw the book? They tell Ryan, call the Coast Guard. It's like two in the morning at this point. And when the Coast Guard gets there, they start searching by boat, by helicopter. They alert the public. They are on top of it. And then guess who else is on top of a boat or rather in a boat? Andrea. Andrea Canning is in a boat. She's on a boat. She's on a boat. Take a good hard look because our queen is on a boat. So 
<laughs> not afraid of snakes, as proven by last week, and not prone to seasickness. Lucky her. That boat is a rockin'. Thank goodness she's wearing a life jacket because after last week's scare with the anaconda that almost smothered her, the audience could not take Andrea being in danger again. And I think she knew that. I think she doesn't want to show that even though I'm in a beautiful outfit, I'm still going to be safety first, guys. Yeah, absolutely. She is wearing a pink dress and for some magical, she's Andrea, she's magical. Her orange life jacket almost matches the orange in the flowers on her pink dress. How? Because she's Andrea. Only Andrea can do that. Also, she's married to a naval captain or something, marine man. So she probably spends lots of time on boats. Oh, so she's not going to be seasick. She's used to a boat. Okay. When they go aboard the siren song, the Coast Guard says that Ryan showed them her keys, Sarm's keys, phone, and passport. So she left all of her belongings there. That makes them think she's definitely in the water. They use drift analysis to help them focus their search. Science. Boat science. Boat science is everywhere. Current and current. I thought you were saying like present tense science. It works for both. Yep. They have some fancy equipment on some of these boats. I was very excited. Yeah. Sonar and things like that. Absolutely. They can't find her and they're very puzzled because they feel like they should have been able to find her. They stop the search after the first day. What is happening? I was a little unimpressed with this search. There are, thank goodness, local volunteers like Jeff Jones. He rounds up the troops and they gather their scuba gear and drones and they start searching the waters. And they feel like she would have washed up in a certain bay. So they focus their search there. And Jeff also keeps Sarm's family and friends abreast of the situation. Good people. He's good people. Yeah. I would want Jeff on the case for sure. He can join our team. It did occur to me that maybe the Coast Guard stopped looking because it was spring break, right? This is a really popular time. And so maybe they just were shorthanded. So they had lots of murders, drunk teens falling overboard. I would guess that happens during spring break at the Virgin Islands 150 times a day. They're getting emergency calls. So they might be just, they put all of their effort in and they're just going to have to come back to it in the meantime, hand it off to Jeff Jones to look into it. We're meeting two of Sarm's best friends from England. We do not meet her family. We're just meeting her friends and they are lovely. They are blown away by the generosity of the strangers that are willing to help. Her friend Vicky met Sarm when they were both flight attendants. Okay. First of all, Sarm is brave because she's a flight attendant and then she works on a sailboat. So two things that people are very afraid of. She's like, no, I'll make that my job. Also, Vicky and Sarm met when they were flight attendants who were transporting a prisoner. On their first day. On their first day, they were in Con Air. So Vicky says that she was really nervous because he was trying to get out of the handcuffs. Where was the police? Were the flight attendants in charge and there was no guard there? Did the guard go to the bathroom? 
No, 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 no. I think that maybe there was a kerfuffle. I don't think that she walked by and actively saw him and there was no law enforcement around. I think she may have overheard or seen. I think you're not getting the full story here. I'd be like, no, thank you. I have to deal with screaming children and that drunk guy in first class who spilled his champagne all over me. And that one lady won't stop complaining about how many bags she could check on. I don't have time to deal with Nicolas Cage over there. No, thank you. And it's my first day. And it's my first day. She said that Sarm was fearless and non-traditional. She sounds great. It sounds like she wasn't the type of girl afraid to rock the boat. She was amazing. Just let's see how many nautical puns I can throw in. Look at you. We'll count. There's going to be a few you might not get because you might not know that they originated from the seas. I did a little research. I see. You've looked. I see. (laughs) You've looked up some terminology. I wanted to say really quick, the friend's description of Sarm is, I think, my favorite friend description that I've had in our time doing this podcast. It's up there. Wow. Because it was very original and... I also have a soft spot for British people. British people. That's why. That's the real reason. So I did very much want these to be my friends. I'm not going to lie about that. But they said that she was bold and fearless and that she had a deep, beautiful heart. And I thought you do kind of get a picture of who she is more than sometimes we do. We saw who Sarm was and she just seemed like the person that would be down to go skydiving, but also come over and listen to you talk about your breakup for a long time, which is a really good friend, you know? Ugh. Yeah. So future friends on Dateline, we don't want to hear lighting up a room anymore. We don't want to hear contagious laughter. The bar has been set. Deep, beautiful heart, bold and fearless. So Sarm started sailing when she was invited by friends on a trip across the Atlantic on a sailboat. I need some new friends because my friends are like, do you want to go get Froyo? I need to level up. You're going to have to listen to breakups then. So you, you're, you're kind of like wanting it both ways here. Yeah. At the end of that trip, she met Ryan Bain on Tinder and Andrea jokes Wow, dating on the high seas, do you say your boat or mine? Some people thought that the friend did not really appreciate Andrea's joke there because she kind of was like, yeah, no, they just like really like each other. She kind of brushes over it. I think it was a funny joke, Andrea. I thought it was great. For some reason, I think the friend was maybe still in the other mode. She had just been crying, so maybe she kind of couldn't. Or I think that they are being very careful in the way that they speak about Bane. The friends do not really say anything negative, if you notice, and it kind of starts right then. I think that they get tense the minute he comes into it. Does that make sense? That's fair. Andrea was really just making a joke about Tinder and boating. And that kind of just went past them because they were tense about this other thing. Maybe that was it. Because I thought it was funny, too, because I was also surprised. I was like, oh, but yeah, I guess that is how people do it. So... Ryan was 44 and a former finance guy who chartered his luxury catamaran in the Caribbean. He was funny and she liked him. They started casually dating. Then Sarm left the Caribbean and went to Malta. The life this girl has is amazing. They kept talking and she kind of felt like 
I kind of still want to date this guy. So she joins him in the Virgin Islands and he hires her to work on his boat. She's helping with sailing and cooking. She also really loved his dog Hunter. And that was a big draw for her. That would get me into a lot of trouble if I only followed the boys with dogs. It would. But this was Hunter was a yellow lab and I, I see it. They've got good faces. Really cute. Where does a dog go to the bathroom on a boat? I gave it a bing. <laughs> I watched a couple of YouTube videos. It was as I suspected. Pee pads? No, they have those fake grass mats and they hose it off and then they pick up the poop. But some people just drive their dog to the shore and walk them several times a day. I thought with a big enough dog... Or maybe a small dog, like a boy, you could teach it to lift its leg and just go straight into the ocean. But would you be scared it would fall off the boat? If a dog was on the edge enough to lift his leg to get off, he'd have to be on the very edge of the boat. Well, your dog might wear a life jacket, like a lot of dogs do. Oh, okay. There you go. All right. Interesting. Yeah. But I'm glad I, I learned something. I feel more knowledgeable about the situation. With the new boyfriend, the dog, and the job sailing, it was a perfect situation for Sarm. It was like everything she loved. But that is a lot for a new relationship living in such close quarters. Imagine. That's a lot. A brand new relationship. She had only been on Siren Song for two weeks when she vanished. Really quickly. The case becomes international news. The police have no idea what happened, but they do want to batten down the hatches of this investigation. The options of what happened are she willingly disappeared, there was a crime, or there was an accident. Her friends think she would never willingly disappear, and she was a great swimmer. And we learned that when you're a flight attendant, you have to train by diving in a swimming pool with your clothes on and swim across it. And that's part of your training to be a flight attendant. Now, I'm wondering if that is just airline specific, because if they were working in the UK, they might have been doing those one of those smaller like Ryanair or one of those little airlines that was in. I, they never said what airline it was or they just charter back and forth to the Virgin Islands all the time with these little planes. I don't know, but I feel like I've never heard that before. It makes sense in case you land in water. I feel like your job is done then. Once you hit the water. <laughs> no, you still, no, you are all the way down into the water. Your job doesn't stop until you're rescued or until you are eating your fellow passengers. That is quite a, a thing. You take that job from the sky to the sea. Wow. Look at you. All right. That was not an expression. I don't think, but I really meant it. And hopefully you're never ending up in the sea, but it would make sense that you know how to swim. But the diving, like the intensity of it was crazy. Her friends in England weren't able to come search for her because of COVID and they feel really guilty about that. But they meet all of her friends. She has friends all over Europe and they hold daily Zoom meetings trying to keep the story in the media. They appear on the news in England and in the US and they share their story on social media with the hashtag FindSarm. And they connect with searchers on the ground. They are really doing it. They're not afraid to make waves. They are incredible. And I was super impressed by them. Police are finally feeling the pressure from the media, partially thanks to the friends. 
They say they search with divers. They brought on canine units, aerial searches. They put up flyers. They request help from the FBI. So it's all hands on deck. They find a security camera pointed at where Sarm and Ryan left the restaurant that night. And they can see them on camera leaving on a little boat to go back to their boat. But that's the last time she was seen. So we don't even know if she got to the boat that night. The owner of 420 Dissenter says they seemed happy that night. They had a few drinks, but they weren't three sheets to the wind. But do you... (laughs) That was a, no, you didn't get it. Okay. That's, see, that's a boating expression. Three sheets to the wind is a boating reference. Oh, I'm sorry. But I think I would love to go to 420 to center or 320 to center because I don't partake. Do you have the munchies for some good food, but don't want to go all the way to the Virgin Islands to get it? Where can I go 356 days a year? There's only one place for that, and that is America's number one meal kit, HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get farm-fresh, pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your door. You can skip the trips to the grocery store or to any restaurants with questionable names and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. And that's why it's America's number one meal kit and Kimberly and Katie's number one meal kit. Absolutely. With HelloFresh, the recipes are easy to follow. They're quick to make. They give you pictures to guide you, which is extremely helpful. Oh my gosh, I need the pictures. You go step-by-step through the recipe and voila, you're left with a gourmet meal that you created yourself. HelloFresh cuts out stressful meal planning and grocery store trips. You can enjoy cooking and get dinner on the table in about 30 minutes or less, like the sweet potato and poblano quesadillas that I made. Ooh. Pause for applause. It is delicious. It was so easy to make. It said it was supposed to take 35 minutes. I made it quicker than 35 minutes. So I might be like a hidden cooking genius. I'm not sure. Yes. Look at you. I know. I'm now a chef. So I'm going to ask that going forward, you respect my apron and the new hat that I ordered for myself. Because that's how far I took this. I got real excited. (laughs) HelloFresh is 30% cheaper than shopping at your local grocery store, which in these days is a great thing. And you can skip the checkout lines, which for me is never fun. I really don't like checkout lines. Anything that can be delivered to my door, I love it. Try their quick and easy meals. They're 15 to 20 minute dinners. You can get breakfast on the go, 10 minute lunches in the HelloFresh market. It's perfect for your busy schedule. HelloFresh also offers the flexibility you need to customize your order online or in the app. You can really easily change your delivery date, your food preferences, your plan size, or you can just skip a week if you need to. You can also customize your favorite dishes with the new Hello Custom offerings. You can swap out a protein or a side. You can upgrade for a more luxurious experience. You can also add a protein to a veggie meal if that's your thing. What it means is you get more choices, more variety, and more meals that are truly tailored to you. HelloFresh already offers 50 menu and market items to choose from every week, though. So you've got a lot of options. They have veggie, fit and wholesome, family friendly. There's plenty of variety, just as much as going out. So go check out HelloFresh if you haven't already. Go to HelloFresh.com slash Dateline16 and use code Dateline16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. Amazing. 
16 free meals. That's crazy. HelloFresh.com slash DateDateLine16 and use code DateLine16 at checkout for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. Ring, ring. Yes, chef. Is that how you answer the phone? Yes. I just programmed your name in my phone as chef. So that's how I'm going to answer the phone from now on when you call. (laughs) This is The Chef. I would like to be The Chef with a capital T and a capital C. Check it out, guys. America's number one meal kit, HelloFresh, is waiting for your call. Katie, are you, sorry, The Chef, are you lost at sea trying to staff your large or small business? A good seaman or seawoman is hard to find in this job market. In fact, it's hard to find a worker who is smart enough to know that there are 365 days in a year and not 356, as I just said a few minutes ago. I am not the employee you are looking for, but Workable can help you. Workable is the solution for all types and sizes of businesses, from a small business like a little dinghy or the kind of super yachts I watch obsessively on Below Deck. Workable helps you post all the jobs you're trying to fill to more than 200 job boards with just one click. It helps you evaluate and hire quickly with video interviews and e-signatures, and Workable can help you automate tasks like scheduling interviews. There are 46% more jobs being posted than before the pandemic, and there are 44% fewer candidates applying to each one. So it's hard out there to hire someone. Chances are your business needs a good employee to swab the deck right now. Whether you're looking to hire a new architect for your firm or a captain who knows to avoid icebergs, Workable helps you find the right people fast. You can start hiring today with a risk-free 15-day trial. And if you hire during that trial, which a lot do, it's still free. So go to workable.com to start hiring. Workable is hiring made easy. You better work, B. You want a Maserati? You want a Bugatti? You better work, B. Thank you, Workable. Thank you, Workable. Are you trying to spurn DJ Adam <laughs> to make another mix for you. And also, if you missed the end of our episode last week, you're going to want to check out the end of Venom, the very, very end. DJ Adam. So if you just want some joy in your life, go check that out. Yeah, it's brilliant. So at this point, Scotland Yard gets involved. And why don't we get interviews with Scotland Yard? I want to see Andrea Canning interviewing Scotland Yard and I want the guy from Scotland Yard to have a pipe and to act and look exactly like they do in Agatha Christie novels. I ask for so little. Dateline, make it happen. And I think you'd be really depressed because I think in actuality, they're just really tired. Yeah. (laughs) And so there's a lot of under eye bags. They look like U.S detectives except for without the mustaches yeah maybe just sometimes how i look when we're recording (laughs) just tired life tired and then maybe hair that's just very askew yeah that's fine i would relate to that so the friends participate with scotland yard they give them her personal belongings to look through they give them her texts her cell phone records they get nowhere with this Police don't find anything concerning about the relationship between Ryan and Sarm. The friends say they never heard from her anything bad about the relationship. The relationship seemed to be smooth sailing from what everyone knew. Katie rolled her eyes at that one. I didn't roll. I'm not rolling my eyes. I'm feeling like I didn't do my job. And so next week, whatever the episode is, just 
steal yourself. If it's steal, then it's that then I'm halfway there. <laughs> then you can sing steel bars again. It could be 10 times in different languages. The night that Sarm disappeared, her friend got a text from her and it, she said it wasn't her bubbly self. It said, ah, and it was about like her work day. That's what the friend felt. Andrea was like, was she screaming? It's hard to know what ah means unless you're a pirate and it's arg. But it was like A-H-H-H-H-H. The friend thought maybe the charter that they had just finished, the people were really difficult, something like that. As a below deck fan, I can tell you the charter guests are usually very difficult, but this was the last time anyone heard from Sarm. The friends wanted to talk to Ryan about what happened that night, but he has gone dark as the waters. He wasn't talking to the friends or the Coast Guard after that first day. He was done. He won't talk to detectives from the Virgin Islands Police Department. He won't even let them on board. The Coast Guard said he was at this point when they go to talk to him, this is a little bit later, drunk and uncooperative. And the Coast Guard cite him with obstruction of boarding, which I love. I didn't know that was a thing. Maritime law, obstruction of boarding and safety equipment violations. Do you have to board if they are requesting, like if the Coast Guard comes and they are requesting boarding, do you have to comply? Well, there was some debate on that online with some people thinking you would need a search warrant. It would much be like your private home where you don't have to let them in unless they have a search warrant. But they were able to cite him with stopping them from boarding, which makes me think they legally were allowed to board. So this is that same day he had called at 5 a.m. And this is later that day. Yes, that's bad. I believe so. This all happens very quickly. It does. Then we meet Scott McChain, who's off the chain in his clothing style. At least I thought. And then we got a wide shot. And I will be talking about that in Fashion Police. I'm not going to talk about it now. You are talking about it, though. I Okay, so I am going to talk about it now. So he is a local to that area, and he is a Virgin Islands defense attorney with many years of experience. He is, to what I viewed, very dapper. He is looking out at the ocean in his B-roll. He's wearing like a striped shirt, a collared shirt and a blazer and khaki type pants. He might as well have the sweater draped over the shoulders. He looks like a yachtsman. He looks like a yachtsman. But then they do a wide shot. And our friend Scott is wearing Birkenstocks with his suit. He is wearing Birkenstocks. He then hot, hot, hot. He is wearing Birkenstocks. Remember Michael Scott when he comes back? He's in hot, hot, hot. And he had the like two beads in his hair. But they went to Jamaica. But I think we have to take into account there is something like there's boat life. There's island life. Yeah, I know. I know. And we saw Mankey barefoot in that one episode where he was in a tropical paradise. And if Mankey can be barefoot, I would rather have had this gentleman be barefoot in his suit than be wearing Birkenstocks in his suit, to be perfectly honest with you. What was it that was so offensive? Because I surprisingly did not find it as offensive. Did not match the rest of his outfit. And so I felt tricked. I don't think he knew they were going to do a wide shot. <laughs> I think they def- he definitely didn't know. Or he would have slipped on his Sperry Topsiders. It would be like if someone did a wide shot of me when I'm doing our live streams and you guys see what I'm wearing on the bottom. Oh, me too. And you see glitter encrusted sweatpants. 
the glitter that's not on purpose, not like with a glitter design, like someone wiped their hands. Yeah. And I'm just bottomless, like Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> you are not <laughs> Pooh Baron. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> Scott, whose shoes are not off the chain, he is an avid sailor and he basically serves as like one of many just talking head experts in this episode. And he thinks they should have found her body if she fell overboard. He thinks it is super sus. Plus, Ryan now has an attorney and it's only been 14 hours since she's gone missing. So it's just later that day and he already has an attorney and he won't let police on his boat. Is it because of his attorney that he won't let them on? His attorney told him to stop talking but that doesn't appear to be why he stopped them from getting on his boat. It appears to be that he was drunk and belligerent, and that's why he stopped them from getting on his boat. But it's unsure. Andrea and the not-so-dapper defense attorney. He is dapper. He is still dapper. Da- I'm going to call him dapper, not dapper. How about ankles up? Ankles up, dapper. Okay, ankles up. Andrea and ankles up attorney. <laughs> To discuss how it's a fine line between protecting yourself and making yourself look super sus if you're not going to talk to the police. I loved this conversation. Yeah, it, it's true. You're protecting yourself, which is good, but you're also not helping them, which is bad. But you are protect. You are making yourself look very guilty, which is bad. But you're also preventing yourself from putting your foot in your mouth and saying something that will implicate you. So that's good. But if you didn't do anything, yeah, see, this is a tough call. If you didn't do anything, you could wind up like Ryan Ferguson, you know, or Sandra Melgar. Right. I say you should always talk to police, but with an attorney there. That's, I think, a good rule of thumb. Right. And the attorney, the problem is the attorney's going to tell you we're not talking to the police right now. I would say I want to help. My friend is missing. I don't know why I made it my friend. And the attorney would say, I'm your attorney. You're not talking to the police right now. And I'd be like, you're fired. Would you? I don't know. I don't really know a lot of attorneys. I don't know if I could find another one that quick. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know why it was my friend that was missing. Was it you in that scenario? I don't know. I don't know. I have some questions about that too, but let's just keep going and we'll see where where this takes us. Why wasn't it like my husband? Like it would normally be on a Dateline episode. Unsure. Because in this episode, literally it's their friend. Yes, that's true. But it's the boyfriend that is not talking. It's usually not a friendship murder on Dateline. So how long had her and Bane known each other total? They go over the timeline really quick. Very shortly, maybe uh, a month. I think even less. So Sarah's friends are like saying, just let them search the boat. And she says it with a British accent. It's very cute. She's like, if nothing's there, then we stop looking there, don't we? I liked it a lot. It really is great. It really is just so charming. I can't stand it. I really want to find their friend. It really is, even when they're talking about something really sad. Yeah. Then we get one of our OMG moments. Ryan spoke to the police in two o'clock in the morning. They told him, call the Coast Guard. This is a Coast Guard matter. And he took nine hours to call the Coast Guard. What was he doing for nine hours? Is Ryan an alcoholic? Maybe. You mean to see three sheets to the wind all the time? I don't know. I feel like this this feels like behavior that would happen of like, yeah, I'm just going to sober up. I'm just going to sober up real quick. This is all alleged. This is my opinion. 
But he did call the police. First, he called the police at two in the morning. But he called the local police. He called the Virgin Islands. Right. But why wouldn't he just wait then to call the police? Because he didn't call the United States Coast Guard. And he's from the United States. I'm wondering how well he knows maritime law and knows that he could get more in trouble from the Coast Guard, that like his boat would not be up to snuff if the Coast Guard were coming. So maybe he was doing things or maybe he killed her and was cleaning the boat. Right. Maybe he was a smuggler. That's interesting. Alleged, but interesting. I feel like he might be litigious, which is why I keep making these statements. Yeah, allegedly. So then we meet another sailor, James Stevens. He is on a similar catamaran with Andrea Canning sitting on another boat. She's on just boats on boats on boats in this episode. She says, what would you do in this scenario? You wake up and someone on your crew is missing. And he said, I would have been screaming and listening out in the water to see if I could hear someone shouting for help. And then I would have gone to all the other boats in the area for help. And he says, I was anchored next to Siren Song that night and Ryan never contacted me. He never heard a peep. He didn't hear anything out of the ordinary, though. He didn't hear any screaming or fighting, but he also never heard any calls for help from Ryan. Splashing? Did he hear splashing? He heard nothing. He slept through the whole thing. And there's another boat that we don't meet. There were like three boats in that area, and they apparently didn't hear anything either. He, But James tells us, if I were trying to get rid of a body, I would go out into the ocean and weigh it down with anchor chain. You're never going to find it there. Seems like you've thought about this, James. Nobody go on James's boat. Thank you. Should I write a Yelp review that said he said something very suspicious on Dateline? But people do that. If you're going to do that, you have to do it about me, too, because I constantly tell murderers how to do it better. <laughs> Just consistently. I'm like, you need to do this and don't forget this. And they did this. You would actively have to poison me and then I would write you a bad Yelp review. I don't leave anyone a bad review. I leave good reviews. Good, because you're a good human. That's a, it's not nice to leave it. I mean, unless something is like you really are trying to warn people. Right. Oh, did you have an idea about what he was doing in the time before he called the Coast Guard? Maybe cleaning up. Okay. I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. Was the dog on the boat the whole time? Yes, sir. So nobody heard a dog bark or anything like that. I feel like this is party time. This is spring break, right? So people are just going onto their boats. But there were only three boats in close proximity to each other. But they were like 350 feet. That's far. That's pretty far away from each other. I think that's what he said. Yeah. Okay. Ryan makes a statement to Dateline through his attorney, that he had nothing to do with her disappearance. He spent hours looking for her. He feels for her family. And he did let the Coast Guard on his boat twice before he stopped letting them onto his boat. So he feels like he's been very helpful. He says he didn't call the Coast Guard right away because he thought the police maritime or marine, whatever, maritime unit was on its way. Why did he think that? He says he must have misunderstood the police who said, call the Coast Guard. If you think the police Marine unit are on the way and they don't come within nine hours, why aren't you calling someone? It wasn't nine hours. It was three hours, right? No, nine hours before he called the Coast Guard. 
So he says this whole time, this whole nine hours, he is waiting for the police to come. Oh, you're right. 2.30. Right. You're calling at 7 a.m. You're waiting maximum two hours. And then you're like, okay. Max, I would say maximum one hour. And I would call and be like, you said to wait for the police. Marine, where are they? I've been waiting an hour. Especially if like something horrible has happened. Like there is someone missing that could be in the water that could potentially or like clinging to a buoy. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. There is something else I didn't mention, which I should have mentioned, is that when he first calls 911 and tells them she's missing, they go out towards his boat and he comes to the dock in a little boat, like a dinghy, to meet them, not like waiting for them on the boat. But they are the land police. So maybe that made sense. And then I don't know if they took their own boat into his boat to talk with him more or if they rode in his tender out. I don't know. And you feel like that looks bad or good? I feel like that looks good. I don't know. It's just Dateline made a point to say it. So I felt like I should have said it. I feel like that looks good for him because that means that also uh, that's what I would do because I would also try to see if I could see her. Like, so if I was in my dinghy, I can get lower, closer to the water. I can try to see, or I'm at least making waves so I can churning up some water so maybe I can see her. I don't know. That sort of seems like you're leaving the scene and you're trying to maybe just meet with them on the dock. And like, maybe you're hoping they won't come back to your boat. Oh, there's that too. I did not think about that. But this feels to me, the biggest red flag in all of this is the biggest red sail is that they didn't, he didn't go to the boats around and, and like wake them up and say, has anybody heard anything, seen anybody shouting? And he waited nine hours for more help. And what time did he say he went to bed? He fell asleep at like 11 at night? So, I don't know. Something like that. This, he woke up at two or something. Because of his anchor alarm. Right. Correct. Which meant that the anchor was being jostled. The boat was drifting. Yeah. The police commissioner admits to Andrea that everything wasn't totally ship shape when it came to the investigation. He says we should have searched the boat that night. It was a mistake. And he maybe should have ran a tighter ship. I don't know. Andrea says that was a twofer. Andrea says, why didn't you get a search warrant for his boat after he stopped letting you on? And the commissioner says they've tried. They've been told by the U.S. Virgin Islands Attorney General and the U.S. Attorney General that they don't have enough evidence to justify a search, which is ridiculous to me. That's I don't understand. That is like the scene of a crime or accident. They should have. That's enough to search, I would think. This is bizarre to me. It's the last place she was. I need to know more about his family in Michigan, which we're going to learn a little bit. About, but I need to know more. And I need to know who is because this sounds like a really good lawyer. It does. Or connections or something. A few days after Sarm went missing, police get a call from Ryan's ex-wife. She says that, okay, at this point, we should put in a warning that we are going to be talking about some domestic violence. So feel free to skip ahead maybe 15 minutes. 35 minutes. Okay. Just 10 to 15. 
She says that 10 years earlier, he had been actually arrested and convicted of assaulting her. And we do see his mugshot. And he does not look like a kind of person I would like to spend time with. That's all I'm going to say. Her friends are terrified to hear that Sarm was dating someone and didn't know about this history, didn't know that he was capable of something like that, which is why I think every woman should be on Don't Date Him Girl or hire a PI every time you date someone. Background checks are your friends. It's probably not legal, so but still. But you're out on the high seas meeting people in Tinder. I feel like background check is not in your... I know. And the people on Blow Deck are like, oh, I'll go sailing with you. Sure. Oh, you want me to work on your boat for three months? Sure. I'll go with you right now. It's very like willy nilly. They just sail by the seat of their sails. (laughs) Sail by the seat of their shorts. Andrea talks to Ryan's ex-wife, Corey Stevenson. They met in high school in the 90s in Oregon and started dating years later after high school. She said he was a lot of fun. Andrea asks, was he handsome? And Corey pauses like very for a long time. She really does. And then says he was handsome. Just a very long pause. It was curious. I don't know. I think she maybe wasn't expecting that question and then had to think about it. Like, yeah, I guess other people would consider him handsome. I guess I did at one point think he was good looking. She said he was charming and glitzy and all glamour. She was a single mom and working as a nanny. Ryan had gotten his master's and he loved talking about his education. Wait a minute. This is, I thought they met in Michigan. Met in high school. She was a single mom working as a nanny. He had gotten his master's. They were living in Michigan at that point. Okay. So Ryan loved to talk about his education, which is a great quality for people to have. Please don't do that. That reminds me of one of my brother's ex-girlfriends. When I was getting my master's, blah, blah, blah. It reminds me of when I was hanging out at the Vivarium in Berkeley. (laughs) (laughs) People just came in talking about their master's degrees all the time. I'm just kidding. His family was super rich and they went out on their huge boat every weekend. In fact, Ryan loved to say that the boat was so big they had a small boat on the big boat. So stacks on stacks on stacks, boats on boats on boats. Also, he sounds obnoxious. Yeah, he really does. They get engaged, but she's feeling some cold feet because occasionally he would let the crazy slip, as she says. He would suddenly get really rageful and then he would reel it in really quickly. I did think of a segment for our show the other day that I would like to call Red Flag Roundup. And this would be one of those where if we were to take checks, it would be like, that's a red flag, ladies. Let's do a red flag roundup. That is a red flag. We got to start teaching people on this show. What are we doing it if not to teach the people? We're providing information that is provided in Dateline and light commentary. The information we usually supply is wrong. That's not true. Not always. (laughs) What percentage? At least now we're not saying things as confidently. (laughs) It's broken our spirit a little bit. Does that help? Yeah, it helps. It's taken the wind out of our sails. (laughs) That's it. Good job. So they got married 
And the first big issue they had was on their honeymoon. And Andrea is surprised. She says, I was not expecting it to be that quick. They were backpacking and staying in hostels. And I couldn't believe that he would deign to stay at a hostel. But apparently he is rich and snobby, but also cheap, which is a great combination. He wanted to stay at these hostels and Corey wanted to stay at least one night in a nice hotel. And he said no. And it's their honeymoon. Yeah, just do one night, dude. Oh my gosh, you can afford it. She was disappointed and he that really triggered him. So he kind of attacked her in an elevator. And she's laughing when she's telling the story to Andrea, which is so clearly just a defense mechanism. And it's pretty sad. But I'm glad to hear she's gotten therapy, she says at the end. But the laughing was was hard because everybody knows what that is like. Yeah. So he became abusive in the relationship. She didn't leave because he's lowered her self-esteem. He told her she was trapped because he was in charge of their finances. And she has this little girl at the time. So she's like totally trapped right now. When did they have a kid? Oh, no, it's her little girl. That's right. That's right. Oh. What a terrible, terrible. One night they're driving home from a wedding and he flips out. It's a long story, but basically she's driving and he's like attacking her while she's driving. And then they get home and he attacks her further and she calls 911. And she said his eyes looked like they had the devil in them. And there was like nothing human in them. So he is arrested that night. He pleads guilty and only serves 21 days in jail. He literally almost killed her. That's great. So she files for divorce and she was terrified of him. She slept with a shotgun every night until the divorce was finalized because she was so scared of him. And that is like the most dangerous time for a woman is when they leave. So when she hears about Sarm, she feels terrible. She's like sure that he did something because she's seen how he can snap out of nowhere. It's been at this point a year since Sarm disappeared. Andrea says, in Greek mythology, the sirens are appealing on the surface and dangerous underneath, which is my entire personality. I seem nice, but I'll make you crash on the rocks and drag you to the bottom of the ocean. Does your personality best describe a villain in Greek mythology? Then you might need therapy. There's no shame in that because we can all use therapy for problems big and small. Our sponsor, BetterHelp, can help you, your relationship to others, and your relationship to yourself. BetterHelp is online therapy offering video sessions with a therapist, so you don't need to drive to an office. You don't need to sit in a waiting room where you're looking at everybody going, I wonder what their issue is. And they even offer phone and live chat sessions with your therapist. So if you're camera shy, it might be easier for you to open up if your face isn't shown. And you can do that too. It's sometimes easier to open up to someone on your computer than it is in real life. I think we've all experienced that. BetterHelp is more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can be matched with the therapist in under 24 hours, which is way faster than traditional therapy and way less paperwork and red tape. Give it a try and see why over 2 million people have used BetterHelp online therapy. 
I'm a huge proponent of therapy. I've been working with my therapist on feeling my feelings. Like when Ryan wouldn't let the Coast Guard on his boat, I felt sun-scorching rage. We believe that you deserve to feel as great as you are. So please contact BetterHelp today to start living a happier, healthier life. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp and a Date with Dateline listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash dateline. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com slash dateline. Because we can all use a little better help. Thank you, BetterHelp. Thanks, BetterHelp. Katie, you know what would have made the ankles up defense attorney a little bit more stylish, a little more dapper, is if he was wearing Bombas with those Birkenstocks. Yes, Bombas are so cool that they even make sandals and socks cool. Katie has her hands over her mouth in a horrified manner, but I stand by my opinion. Bombas socks are so cool, they could even make sandals and socks cool. You know what? It's 2022. If sandals and socks make you feel good about yourself, then you go right ahead. I love that attitude. I don't know if I'd recommend it with flip flops, but <laughs> you can try it with an open toed sandal. Why not? Let's get let's give it a shot. And Bombas are the socks to do it with. You're right. They're super cool and so comfortable. Bombas's mission is simple. They make the most comfortable clothes ever and they match every item sold with an equal item donated. So when you buy Bombas, you are also giving to someone in need. I love that. It's a real win-win situation. Bombas designed their socks, shirts, and underwear to be the clothes that you can't wait to put on every day. Truer words were never spoken. My sock drawer is dedicated to Bombas as well as this podcast. (laughs) It's very serious. Everything that Bombas makes is soft, seamless, tagless, and has a luxury, cozy feel. They're made from super soft materials like merino wool, pima cotton, and even cashmere some of their items, which makes perfect cozy layers. And there is a pair of Bombas socks for everything that you do. They come in tons of options like the performance styles, which I know is Kimberly's favorite. Yes. They also come with very specific sports socks like tennis and golf and cycling. They honed in on the best sock for the sport that you love. So any activity that gets you moving, Bombas has a sock for it. They also have socks for when you're not moving which is the socks that I wear a lot. I'm in love with the gripper socks from Bombas. I wear them around the house almost every day. I've washed them a billion times and I have to say they're still in terrific shape and the grippies are all intact, which is something that happens to me when I buy the grippy socks and never with my Bombas. They are just as good today as the day that I bought them and they're so comfortable. Bombas t-shirts are also super comfortable and made with really thoughtful features like invisible seams They're super soft and they're the perfect weight. So they hang just right, which is the brass ring for t-shirts. Bombas underwear also has a barely there feel. Second skin support that makes you forget they're even there in the best possible way. So no Winnie the Poohing it for you anymore. (laughs) Honestly, I love my Bombas t-shirt so much. It's like my new favorite shirt. It's so comfortable. You don't even need pants. Bombas just knows how to do it right. I don't know how else to describe it. You guys have to check them out if you haven't already. Remember, socks, underwear, and t-shirts are the three most requested items at homeless shelters. That's why Bombas donates one for every one that you buy. So again, you're getting a really good item of clothing or socks or underwear, and one is getting donated to someone who really needs it. So there's no reason to not check them out if you haven't already. Go to bombas.com slash date dateline to get 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M- 
bombas.com slash date dateline for 20% off bombas.com slash date dateline. Bombas, 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 bombas. <laughs> Did that sound like a siren song? That was my Bombas siren song. Yeah, totally great. <laughs> Thank you so much, Bombas. Thank you, Bombas. For just being cool. <laughs> The police commissioner says that Ryan is a person of interest. He doesn't say he's a suspect. He's very careful about that because maybe Ryan is litigious. I guarantee you all of this feels like it's screaming lawyer and powerful family to me. Yeah. Andrea asked the ankles up defense attorney, is this a classic case of no body, no crime? Which is still a banger of a song from Taylor Swift. That's just a PSA. He says yes. And without him talking, this will be a hard case to solve because there are really no other witnesses. And they need to search Ryan's boat to get any sort of evidence. But even though it's been a year, maybe he thinks there's evidence that hasn't been cleaned up. Like, he doesn't really say it, but I think he's implying like under floorboards, things like that. There actually could be evidence that maybe isn't available to the naked eye. But if there really was a deep dive investigation in that boat, I just threw that one in there. That was not on purpose. Well done. Thank you. They actually could find some evidence that maybe Ryan doesn't know is still on that boat. I feel like in the cracks, blood for sure. Yeah. Andrea says, with his history of violence, can't they use that to get a search warrant? And Ankles Up says, yes. And I was so proud of Andrea. I was like, go, Andrea, with your legal mind. She's not just learning the ropes here. She is a pro. Katie's shaking her head. Andrea goes out on a boat to see, to go try to find Ryan. She's on the water, so to speak, only three weeks after Sarm goes missing. She and Dateline are there, and they go to try to find Ryan but his boat's not there anymore. He and Andrea appear to be two ships passing in the night. Oh my goodness. So they get a tip where he might be. So Dateline charters a boat and this is more recent and they boat around trying to find Ryan. They drive around all day and Andrea just looks gorgeous. Her hair doesn't even look that windswept. It's just incredible. I'm sweating on a boat and like my makeup is all under my eyes and my hair's in a knot. She looks incredible. They're driving around all day. They finally find his boat and they see Ryan on the boat. But when he sees them, he goes inside. We don't really get to see him at all. I was shocked. Barely. What straight man goes inside when they see Andrea Canning? A criminal. What gay man for that matter? Who go? What person? What human being? I was going to say what human goes inside. Dateline's coming. Female, male, non-binary, what person does not run to meet Andrea Canning but goes inside? Criminal. That is the most sus thing that he's done so far, in my opinion. It's not great. It doesn't look good for him. So Andrea is, she's not taking no for an answer. She calls out to Ryan's boat like, Ryan, it's Andrea Canning from Dateline. Can we talk to you? I was sweating. I was so worried. I don't know why. I think it's, I don't know. This whole thing made me real nervous. Normally, I have to say I really don't like it when other shows do this. And I've said that before on this show. But I really don't mind in this case because maybe because it's Andrea or maybe because I don't like Ryan. I think he's horrible. So maybe that's why it doesn't bother me. 
I think it's also, this doesn't happen very much. Yeah, they rarely ever do this. This is very rare. I think a lot of other shows do it often, that sort of ambush tactic. And I think that even if they do do it, they don't always use the footage. So I don't know. They've been trying to reach out. Yeah. So she's like, Andrea, it's Andrea. Can you talk to me, Ryan? We want to talk to you. And he doesn't come out. So then a cut to a few hours later, she now has a hat on. Before she was wearing sunglasses. Now she's wearing a hat. Is she wearing the white Dateline hat? I think it was the white Dateline hat that we have one. Yeah, very exciting. It's like off-white. So he still doesn't come out. She decides, I'm not taking no for an answer. I am not going to give him a wide berth. They get very close to the boat. And she sees his dog, Hunter, on the boat. So she like sails right up and is like, Ryan, I see you. Can we talk to you? We just want to know about Sarm's disappearance. And then we see Ryan and he comes out and he says, you're going to hurt my dog. And she's like, because the dog is just wagging his tail happily at Andrea because the dog has a normal reaction to seeing Andrea Canning wagging his tail. That's all what all humans do when they see Andrea Canning. Ryan is like, you're going to hurt my dog. And Andrea says, how are we going to hurt your dog? And Ryan says, he's going to jump in after you. Please, let's make that happen because I would rather have that dog be with Andrea Canning than with you, sir. I don't think so. Also, that dog is a witness. Everyone's saying there are no witnesses that night. Let's talk to Hunter, see what he knows. Can we get a dog whisperer out there? One of those pet psychics. I feel like that was a really shoddy move. He used a very human. No one wants to hurt an animal, right? No good person wants to hurt an animal. You're you're going to hurt my dog. That's just what's wrong with you. And Andrea, who loves animals, except for those sweat bees that attacked her that one time, she has a dog. She had posts on social media. I have not been like doing a lot of deep internet research on her. Just so and if in case anyone was worried, she posted on Instagram. So she Andrea is like, okay, I'm sorry. And I was like, do not apologize to that man, Andrea. No, it was the right. I mean, because what else is she supposed to say? That's not her goal. Is he going to say that to like a Coast Guard? If when the Coast Guard comes up, is he going to be like, no, you're going to scare my dog. Like he's just saying it to get them away. It's not like she's actually going to hurt the dog. No, she's just being smart because she's like, okay, sorry. But really while I'm here is... I I get it that you're trying to distract me by like that I'm somehow hurting your dog, but this is why I'm here. Yeah. So he won't talk to her. She's left high and dry. Cut to Andrea is telling his ex-wife, Corey, about how he went talk to her and how he just kept going on and on about the dog. And Corey says, well, that dog is actually my daughter's dog. So he took the dog in the divorce. And if I sound like I'm mad, it's because I'm really mad about it. So they were getting divorced. He grabs the dog during one of their confrontations where the police were there because he was harassing her during the divorce. Her daughter is sobbing, like misses her dog for days on days on end. She says to the judge that is helping with the divorce, please make him give me back my daughter's dog. She's devastated. And the judge doesn't seem to care and is like, no, he can keep the dog. What the? Oh, I'll just tell my crying daughter. We're just going to have to go get another dog. Dogs are replaceable. 
What is wrong with you, Judge? Bad call. Did he get her the dog? No, it was her dog. That's messed up. So messed up. So Andrea says, well, he was saying the dog wouldn't be able to swim. And Corey says, he's a lab. He swims all the time. Labs are specifically designed to swim. He's fine. And Andrea says, so you think he was just trying to manipulate the situation? And Corey says, yes, that's absolutely what he does. And Andrea knew that's what he was doing, too. Corey has now gotten years of therapy, which is wonderful. And she's now with the man of her dreams. Thank God. She feels badly for Sarm's family. She just feels so badly for the whole situation. The police commissioner says they aren't giving up, but their big piece of evidence is the boat. And most recently, Ryan put his boat up for sale. It was for 200 and I thought 99, but then Dateline producer said 229,000. So that's not that bad. I guess it's like a house in some parts of this country. It seems like a lot. I don't know. I don't know how much boats are. Does it seem like a lot for a boat? For a big boat with like four bedrooms? It had four bedrooms on that boat? Yeah. They said four bedrooms on that tiny boat? Yes. It's deceiving. That That's what Dateline producers said on Twitter. Those bedrooms are six by six. They are small, probably. Regardless, why didn't the police department buy the boat? Okay. Well, they can't afford it, but it does bring up an interesting point. Okay, so he put the boat up for sale. Then he changed the name of the boat and he took it off the market. So it's no longer Siren Song, but they don't know what it's called now. And they don't know if it sold after that. So they don't even know if it's in his possession at this point. And the police commissioner hopes that Ryan will just have a change of heart, a change of his conscience and come forward because that always happens. What are you talking about, sir? So right now he is in the clear. He is not in deep water. Andrea says that people think the police haven't done enough in this case. And the police commissioner says that they have. They've done everything that they could. Sarm's friends are not giving up. And her friend talks about her in the present tense. And I thought that was very sweet. But we don't know what happened. So this is an unsolved case that hopefully we will hear more about. I'm really excited that Dateline brought attention to this. Exactly. Maybe someone saw something. Somebody saw something. Someone knows something. Somebody at the 420 to center restaurant or somewhere or knows him or had a drunken conversation with him after this happened. Somebody's going to have something for the police. Yeah. But I am concerned why there wasn't more proactive stuff done in this case. It seems really odd. You have one person, clearly something happened from the time she got on that dinghy to go out to the boat to when now she's gone and there was one person with her. Why isn't, why aren't, isn't he being focused on more? Because he got a lawyer. Why can they not get a search warrant passed? That's ridiculous. It's bananas. Something else is happening here. Yeah, he has pull. Something smells fishy. Oh, Katie. But it's true. Yeah, you did it. You are a worthy seamate. Oh, thank you. It's not right. Get it? Like knots. That one works. This episode is dedicated to Pam C and Lena H. Yeah. Pam and Lena. Our Patreons are what keep this podcast afloat. They are the wind beneath our sails. So 
Pam and Lena, this is for you ladies. Straight on till morning. You're on a boat. Our patrons are on a boat. They're so deserving and that's why they're on a boat. I hope that you have a boatload of luck (laughs) in this year. Thank you so much for being Patreons. I take a bow to you, Pam and Lena. Absolutely. Thank you, thank you, thank you so, 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 so much. Do we have B-roll Bonanza? We do have a little bit. We got time lapse. Is time lapse on our bingo cards? No, I don't think so. Uh, Probably it doesn't happen enough, but... No, I think I should put it on the bingo cards. But we got really pretty time lapse aerial shots of St. John. Mm-hmm. It's really pretty. I would really like to go to there. I haven't. I would like to go to the islands. Yeah. Well, you will always want to go to the water somewhere where the blue. You want to see clear water. Yeah, I want to see clear water really badly. I also the sand looks pretty. Everything looks pretty. Also, it was a, a time lapse on St. John's Bay which is a clothing brand. Oh. Yeah, there we go. The Instagram cooking pictures of Sarm, which I don't know if you talked about, but she was posting all of her picture of her cooking, which looked amazing, by the way. Yeah. Did you see her Instagram handle? I think I read it right. I think it was Sarma Lovin instead of Summer Loving. Oh, that's cute. But her pictures were fantastic. She looked like a great chef. She could just sort of do it all, couldn't she? What if she had a restaurant that cooked shawarma and it was Sarm's shawarma? No, it doesn't work. That might be hard to remember. I was thinking more. I can give you one of my titles, Sarm's Full of Love. Yeah. Because it's, yeah, a call to Sarm's something. And then Vicky and Kate walking through what looked to be the woods in England. Are they in England? Oh, yeah, I think they were. I think she, Andrea was recording with them virtually. Yeah. Yeah, because they look chilly like they were in jackets for their interviews. I am so sorry, ladies, for your friend. That must really stink. You seem lovely. Katie would love to get to know you better and come visit you in England. I would very much and help you find her. I don't know what to do, though. What more can they do than what they've done? I know. How do you do a search party on the water if you don't have a boat? And I love a search party. I would love to participate. I know, but they did this. They did so much. You know they contacted Dateline. I'm, I wouldn't be surprised. So there is a photo of Ryan in high school with his kind of maybe bag of wieners friends. He's on one of those huge portable phones that we always had in the kitchen of our house. I think I missed that one. Dang it. Where you have to pull the antenna out. Oh, yeah, I know it. Yeah. Retra- and then retracts it. And then it also bends after a time because it's, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, Totally. I have to say, just looking at his photos, I don't like the cut of his jib. There is something about him that does not appeal to me. He wears those lenses that mirror back. Oh, yeah. That's the first shot we see of him. Why is he where he is? This was the big question I had for you. So I'm not really understanding. Sorry. And I think I got Michigan wrong. I'm trying to find where his family is from. I'm not finding a lot of information. But the reason it stuck in my head is that they said he comes from a prominent Michigan family. So they had money, the ex-wife said. And so why is he now on a chartering boats in the Virgin Islands when he, remember, was bragging about how much school he had? What happened here? He became a finance guy and then he bought a boat and then he decided to just charter his boat out. That was, he just shifted focuses. How soon was that after the divorce? That I don't know. 
I'm just wondering if maybe that like kind of was like, eh, forget this, because he had charges then. Remember, he served time. So maybe that like made him lose some clients in his finance field. I don't know. I just I would like a more in-depth on what led him to where he is. Right. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I think you were right. I think it is Michigan. Okay. And I said Oregon. I think it was something like Portland, Michigan. Maybe. I think it was something confusing. Maybe that's why I got confused. Let's let's say that's why I got confused. Let's do that. Yeah. I don't think it matters. It just I remember that he came from a prominent family, but that's all we find out. I would love to know. I feel like if it was a two hour episode, we may have found out more about, you know, his his dad's a district attorney, things like that. No, I thought it said his dad was a doctor. They did. Okay, huh. Again, could be wrong since I was wrong about Michigan. But somehow there's money there. And which also, unfortunately, you see a guy with a big boat. It does turn into a little bit spoiled rich kid kind of mentality. Like he's got that kind of vibe a little bit. Yeah. There is a photo of Corey, his ex-wife at the bar. She has the swoopiest hair I've ever seen. Did you see this photo? Oh, yes. She's super blonde and she has the Veronica Mars season one is the only way I can think of to describe it. Yes. It's a bob where each strand goes out, curled and up and to the side. But it was so much to the side. It was like she'd been electrocuted, but in a very stylish way. We could call it a Christmas tree. Yes, it had the bottom of a Christmas tree vibe. 100%. Exactly. Yeah. So your brush blow drying it up and out. Up and out. Yeah. I was going to ask you how you achieved that look. And now you just told me. Also curling iron upside down. Seemed to defy gravity. And there's also a photo of the dog Hunter with Corey's daughter and the dog has a life jacket on, which is always very cute. Griffey had a life jacket that he wore whenever we went on boats. Fashion police? Yes. Trevor, the chief of police in St. John's, the head of the interview that we get with him. He is dressed up very nice for Dateline. You know, I appreciate it. He's in a full suit. It looked to be pinstriped with an official looking pin, some sort of very official pin. And he's sitting in front of a encyclopedias or something or like law books, something official looking. But they did say he's not in that position anymore. So I'm wondering if maybe he's something different now. They don't tell us what he is, but they said at the time he was the chief of police or whatever his title was. But I thought he looked very nice. Very nice. He was dapper from head to toe. One can imagine. I could not see his bottoms. He may have also been in Birkenstocks, though. I think that this is just island footwear. Yeah, maybe. Andrea is wearing a red dress in one scene, and Corey, the ex-wife, is wearing a black dress, and they just look like two gorgeous, look like sex in the city, just strutting out. Going to brunch? We're going to Nobu. Do we have any titles? I have terrible titles. You Well, you spent your whole episode doing the... I did. I spent. You did well. My sales are deflated. Okay, so don't worry about it. Did you get Bane of Existence? No, but I didn't even get that. <laughs> I said no dog in this fight. I was mad about the dog too. Uh-huh, yeah. Mad. And then my number one is that what I think that he should have done if he changed the name of the boat, it should have been changed from Siren Song to Sarm Song. Oh, that would be beautiful. That would have been really sweet and made you look not guilty because it made you look like you cared. Made the suspicion off of you. Yeah, I could see that. Name the boat after her. Or would it just look like a slap in the face? 
if you didn't do it and someone if you if I wasn't guilty and someone fell off my boat, I would name the boat after the I would do something to honor them. I would lay flowers. I would do something. Yeah, he didn't do any of that. Let's do Twitter. Yeah. Okay. Les Mack says, I'm watching Dateline and the victim's friends are saying she went with him because she loved his dog. I think I've narrowly missed being murdered several times. Same girl, same. Yeah, a lab. Labs too, specifically. They'll get you. But I really love golden retrievers and they're kind of like labs. I had lumped them in together. Haley said, wait, he said the dog wouldn't be able to swim? He's on a boat. <laughs> That's funny. What? <laughs> I guess not all dogs have to swim when they're on a boat, but this dog was clearly a seaworthy canine. That dog can definitely like paddle until you get it out. It's fine. Yeah, he can doggy paddle. Doggy paddling towards the truth. There you go. Title. Is that a title? It's not a good title. Mary Grace says this poop head stole his ex-wife's daughter's dog. Kimberly is not going to be happy with this one. And she wasn't. Mm-mm. Mike says, I like how Andrea pulls up on him like she's coming to borrow some sugar. <laughs> Hello. Hello, Ryan. Can I borrow some sugar? It's just your neighbor, Andrea. I want to bring you a Dateline hat. <laughs> Thought you might get sunburned. Do you want some suntan lotion? <laughs> Haley had the idea of, I don't know if someone else brought this up, but she said I would totally go on a Dateline cruise. Because we all know what's up and wouldn't go near the side of the boat. How fun would a Dateline cruise be? Do you think if our podcast is ever big enough, we could have a date with Dateline cruise, but also with the Dateline people? Is that too much to ask? I'm being greedy. We participated in our first live show. And now I'm like, my head has gone through the roof. And it wasn't ours. And it wasn't even our live show. Yeah. So we'll have to start smaller. The only thing that I know that has a cruise is Drag Race. And they're large. They're very popular. The lady on My Big Fat Fabulous Life, she had several cruises with her company. They just didn't take up the whole boat. Yeah, I think you can do that. Yeah. You just, you don't take up the whole boat. But if Dateline did one, they could take up the whole boat. And would we be invited? I feel like it's going to look tacky. Yeah, maybe. I think it's really. In poor taste. I think it is. Hmm. Yeah. Unless you're like actively helping to solve something that happened, you know, like it's a workshop trip. Right. I think CrimeCon did a CrimeCon at sea or was planning it. They did. Okay. So they're there at least trying to solve something. Yeah, probably. Rayford says, so if you live someone on land and break up and move out, there are options. If you live on a boat on the ocean and you can't like go to the Motel 6 with your duffel bag. That was a really good point. It's a really good point. But you could, they weren't that far offshore. She could have left in a dinghy. No, but what if you were doing a transatlantic crossing? On Seinfeld, Elaine and Putty broke up and they're on an airplane. And right as they break up and they're like, we're done. And then you hear the pilot being like, okay, everybody settle in. This flight is 17 hours. (laughs) It's like, that is the word. Did they get back together? They get back together and break up several times during that flight. Yes, they do. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, <laughs> Margaret Ann asked a very strange question on Twitter. She asked, if you're surrounded by water, where would you hide a boat? Sorry. If you're surrounded by water, where would you hide a body if not in the water? And Mary just wrote, on the boat. What's going on here? <laughs> I, don't, 
I don't know if the question was like sincere. I think it was sincere, but I feel like Mary's answer was sarcastic, but I don't know either of them. So I just don't know. I think they're fighting now. Number one, I think they're in an active argument. Margaret and Mary are beefing. I'm sorry, ladies. I know Dateline did not mean this to spawn argument. I think they wanted to spawn discussion and discovery. Right. (laughs) Healthy, respectful discussion. Okay. Who said that? Where would you hide it? Margaret? Margaret Ann. So Margaret Ann, I think maybe hasn't spent a lot of time on boats because I also haven't spent an exorbitant amount of time on boats. And it's hard for me to imagine more than five places where you could actually hide a body because it's not like you could dismember a body. Does that make sense? I think she meant what you're saying. Where on the boat would you hide the body? Which is like under the seat cushions or under the bed or something like that. And Mary may be well-meaning and didn't wasn't trying to be sarcastic, but her answer felt sarcastic, like in the sky. What are the other options if not for the boat or the water? So maybe Mary's just in a mood, just being sassy. Or maybe she didn't mean it. And she was like, honestly answering like on a boat, on the boat. That's where you would hide it. Or maybe they're very good friends and she's teasing her friend. That's possible too. That could be a Kimberly Katie's conversation. Maybe. Wait a minute. I have one more question about the the hiding on the boat. Yeah. Didn't the Coast Guard say this is the Coast Guard, actual Coast Guard said they did walk on the boat and looked around and looked in things. Yes. I don't know how deep of a search it was because they at that point were thinking of it as an accident, not as a crime. So but wouldn't you think if it was you would have to have in your head that there could have been a crime committed here. So wouldn't you be looking for any obvious signs of blood or anything on the side of the boat on the deck? You would think. Yeah. Okay, that's all. Queen D is a detective. She says, hire a helicopter, fly over Mr. Bain's boat, wait till nightfall, dump gallons of luminol on the boat, then shine a black light from the helicopter. It's not bad. I like your style. Yeah. And Jeff also became a cop. Jeff, he's one of our listeners. A cop should have posed as a buyer for the boat. That way they can search it. There we go. That's what I said. That's what you said. Mm hmm. Yep. Luminol just spraying, just just spray it everywhere. You just keep distracting him. Like, can you get me some paperwork? And then you just spray everything really quick. But the problem is the boats, it's going to have been cleaned a hundred times over by that point because you're trying to sell it. Right. That's true. There are a couple Natalie Wood jokes. So I thought I should preface it with that in case anyone doesn't get these jokes. Heather says, who is the Christopher Walken in this episode? The girl you want says, I'm going to go with the cop. He didn't even search the boat. It's kind of like he's helping. I thought that was a really good point. And then Jeff again said, she fell off the boat. What in the Robert Wagner? (laughs) That's not bad. Yeah. So everybody, thank you so much for listening. Follow us on social media. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Facebook, I don't get back to you guys very often. I hope you realize that. It's not that I'm ignoring you. And check out our Patreon because we have bonus episodes. We haven't decided what we're doing this month. Maybe something on a boat. I don't know. I might have an idea. Oh, Katie might have an idea. So could be good. Okay. She's not going to tell me what it is. Okay. This, my secrets are for the sea. <laughs> so if you know anything in this case, if you are by any chance listening to this and did not watch the Dateline and know anything about the case that we talked about, I'm pretty sure that 
Dateline has ways to contact like the people you need to contact. So make sure to go to their website and look just on the off chance. I don't know. I feel like I've got to say something. We don't cover unsolved cases a lot. And this is a really sad situation because we just don't know what happened. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. We have guesses, obviously. But yeah, kind of. I mean, they don't there's nothing else that could have what else could have happened that she just drank a lot and fell off the boat. I mean, that does happen. If they just can't believe that they never would have found her body after all this time. Because you're in a bay. You're not in the ocean. You're in a bay, which is part of the ocean. I understand, but you know what I mean. Do you think there's any chance that the dog would not bark if she had fallen over and the dog was awake and saw her fall into the water that the dog would not bark? I don't know. It depends on the dog's personality. I don't think he's trained as like a search and rescue dog. Maybe the dog was asleep. Okay. And because they're in a bay, how far out were they from shore? The boat? How far out were they anchored? I thought I said that, but oh, I guess I didn't write it down. I'm not sure. But were they close enough that you could see the dock? There was just a lot of boats, so they couldn't dock. Well, no, a lot of people like to anchor just away in the water. They don't want to be on the dock. Anchors away. So why haven't they been able to use sonar? Did you say that? I don't know if they did, but I'm assuming the Coast Guard did. And we didn't find anything in the water. That's right. I think the problem is, too, this might come down to money and they might need to use like some of the high powered stuff that we've seen. But they don't even think she's in the bay. Their theory would be she is far, far out in the ocean now. Yeah. Sorry, it's a frustrating. This would be so frustrating. Perhaps something happened at 2 a.m. He called the police, but then he had nine hours to drive out. I don't know. No one seemed to see his boat drive out into the shore. I mean, into the ocean, but no one was really paying attention. So this is what it's going to take is somebody coming forward that knows something or him just being not being able to live with guilt if he did something. He's not going to do that. Oh, brother. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And be your own sales. Pick yourself up by the sales. I want to see be your own regatta. What's a regatta? That's the races, the yacht races. Be assured of one thing. We (laughs) sure do like it when you listen to our episodes and give us a five-star rating. And that is the swan song of this episode. Thank you so much, everybody. Bye. 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 Also, I think 47 feet sounds big. How big are the boats in Below Deck? Like 150 meters. They all, it's everything is in meters on Below Deck. So I don't know. Okay, cool. That's good. No idea. No idea. But it's big enough to charter. And I believe it had three or four bedrooms on it. That's what Dateline producer said on Twitter. And to, to charter means you have to have a room that the people sleep in and then you sleep elsewhere, right? Correct. Yeah. At least one room for them. If it was a family or something or friends, they'd have more than one bedroom. Yeah, it's a lot of work. Also, it's one meter to every 3.2 foot. So 100 meters is a very big boat. Mm-hmm. So this was not that big. Comparatively. Yeah, they, they just keep talking about the boat sizes. It seems to be a thing. The 47 foot, the 
the one, the lieutenant commander, the Coast Guard, mm-hmm. he says, we took the 33-footer out. This is boat speak and how everyone on Below Deck talks. And when they're grilling their new deckhand, it's like, what size boats have you worked on? And he's like, oh, I was in a 50 meter. And he's like, oh, okay. And then they roll their eyes or something. And then it's like, what size boat have you worked on? And then it's like this many. And they're like, oh, no big deal. Just this many. So size matters is what you're. I like big boats and I cannot lie. I did not come up with that. A really annoying Stu said that on the show. She was not great. This is a Sour Patch Kids energy drink. Wow. They're delicious. They taste like Sour Patch Kids. Wow. That's a lot. Your eyes just blinked really huge when you said that. I think it's working. They're so good. This is not an ad. This is free advice. Okay. (laughs) But they might be at weird places like Grocery Outlet. They might not be at like real stores. You might have to go to a weird gas station. I have a feeling you might need to go to your local yard sale to find them strange places. The gas station that's like bills, but it's not AM, PM. It's not Wawa. <laughs> they might be there and they might be dusty. So wipe <laughs> off the top first. But yeah. <laughs> 